Hello again and welcome to my podcast. You're listening to me, Lee Bestall, also known as the Northern Designer. In my series of podcasts, I'll be chatting with industry professionals from all aspects of the design world, focusing in on plants whenever I can. Today, I'm once again joined by the fabulous horticulturalist Dawn Evans, and we've called this podcast The Holly and the Ivy. Dawn, which one are you? Definitely Ivy. Absolutely. Okay. Clinging. You can't get rid of me, Lee, can you? <laughs> no, quite difficult to kill. <laughs> Absolutely. Definitely Ivy for Although me. every time I see you, you've always got a cold or something. Today's no oh, exception. Lee, I know. Do you know, it feels like I've been rubbing poinsettia juice in my gums this morning, honestly. I've had COVID and now a cold, so I'm a bit chesty, so I do apologise. And you hurt your back. Back. I've got tens machine on. Yeah, yeah. One of those net wrapping things. So trap nerve in, in my bottom of my spine i'm okay you can't you can't kill ivy again oh. <laughs> i keep going i just want to be clear for anybody watching this on youtube it doesn't say old dear on the on the top of your hat it says oh dear <laughs> oh dear <laughs> <laughs> it should be old dear shouldn't it so if you're listening and you can't see us we've got christmas jumpers on this is our christmas special and today we're going to be talking all about plants which are associated with christmas so dawn what plant are we going to start off with today uh, lee i thought i'd start with the uh, one of the old favorites poinsettia so yep. euphorbia pulcarima. <clears throat> so sorry, everybody. Lots of people don't know it's a euphorbia, do they? No, no. Um, if you if you break a leaf, a bract, uh, the milky sap comes out. That's a sign that it's the euphorbia family. Yeah. Which do be careful because it can be an eye and skin irritant. But yeah, it is definitely the euphorbia family. It's not going on the leaves or bracts. It is based on the uh, sexual parts of a flower that that the group together as a family. Yeah, because they, they, lots of people think that they're kind of in flower yeah, at yeah. this time of year. But they're actually quite difficult to get in flower, aren't they? Yeah, they usually flower from December to January as a rule. But it's actually the bracts we're looking at. So the really bright, colourful, what look like leaves or flowers are the bracts which colour up um, due to the short, short days of autumn. So our trees, our native trees, when they go turn the nice, beautiful reds and shades of oranges in autumn is due to the shortening days of autumn right. and that's exactly the same for poinsettias so that and don't they like um <clears throat> stimulate the change in the leaf color when you know artificially you know when they're producing them commercially yeah they do they control um temperature and daylight so um when they want them to color up early they'll shorten um the hours of daylight with no interruptions from artificial light so oh, yeah. generally in this country we use them as a a one-year plant, a pot yeah. plant to throw away after really Christmas, like a bunch if of you flowers like. Yeah, just like a bunch yeah. of flowers. But in theory, they are a perennial tender house plant, so you can get them to go for many years. Right. But you do to get them to colour up again, you do need to start giving them between 12 and 14 hours of darkness from September, okay. which means keeping them either covering them up or keeping them in a dark room for at least 12 hours, no interrupted light, not even to go in and switch a light on for oh, really? five minutes. Really? That will that will stop it from colouring So you can't up. go for a wee in the middle of the night? Absolutely not. Not if your poinsettias <laughs> in there, you've got to do it in Braille, I'm afraid. Because I've had a lot of, uh, well, mainly family members who have, who have clung on to this, like five stalks yeah. basically and it's got three little green shoots at the top of it and they say oh I don't want to throw it away yeah. I'm, I'm quite ruthless with poinsettia and I'm like yeah okay yeah. once it starts looking grim in, yeah, in yeah. January, February get it on the compost tea. Yeah, which a lot of people do yeah I think it's the best way to yeah. do it so what cool facts have you got about the poinsettia <clears throat> excuse me I do apologise everybody so um, basically care um, looking after poinsettias people think it's difficult it's not really but the main thing is don't put them in a, in a drafty place they will not tolerate drafts. When you the bracts start drooping or dropping off, it's due to the fact they've been stored in a, to, a place that's too chilly or you've got them in a draft. 
Um, overwatering can cause botrytis, like a grey mould on them. Um, and the secret is let them dry out slightly on the soil surface, then dip them in tepid water, okay. then take them out and let them drain. So you're going to kind of plunge it in a bit like yeah, you yeah, would with you an orchid Yeah, yeah, you can something. water it from above as well. But if you leave it a while, so it dries out slightly, then just in tepid water for a short while and then let it dry out again. Yeah. But definitely not in a draft. Okay. okay. You can miss them as well. So drafty locations <clears> in your house. Yeah, yeah, I'm in the house. I'm presuming so, that's near a door oh, or crack it. even a windowsill. An door. People put them on windowsills and it's a big, big no-no. Okay. So you think the day temperature, chances are on a windowsill it's going to be over a radiator, yeah. which dries it yeah, out. True. So fluctuating temperatures don't help. Then at night time, the temperature drops massively. And you imagine if you put your hand on your window at night, mm. especially when it's frosted out, it's really cold, and that's coming straight into the plant. And then what do people do with curtains? Draw the curtains at night, making a nice little frost pocket for the poinsettia. <laughs> Lock the cold in. Absolutely. Don't put them on the windowsill. Again, uh, some people put them in arths. I, I do it, I'll be honest with you. So I've got um, a Welsh slate arth, and I, they look nice on there, but you have to be careful because they're drafty. Arths tend to be drafty. Oh, yeah. So on a table away from the window is fantastic. Good light, but not direct sunlight as well. And if you all wanted to bring it on for next year and have a bash, because it's exciting to do it if you can get it yeah, to colour yeah, up. It's, yeah. it's exciting to do. So you need to um, cut it back hard in April. Wear gloves because this milky sap, like yeah. I say, is an irritant. And then, like I say, give it a feed in spring, something iron potassium. Tomato feed is, is fantastic. Okay. And then you can even put it outside. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. For if in the warmer temperatures yeah, of summer, not direct. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and then when you bring it back in from September, twelve to fourteen hours of in, interrupted darkness to bring them to colour up. So I'm thinking practically, you're <coughs> either going to have to put that in a room where you close the curtains and don't go yeah, in it, yeah. or put a black bag or something. Some people over it put black bin bags over yeah. them, uh, but you've got to. It's it is tricky because you've got to allocate the night time hours as well. So depending mm. on your hours of work, like if, if like me, you get up and it's still dark, like yourself and you yeah. go uh, early doors and it's still dark, you've got to factor in, I'm going to be work, going to work in a bit. Yeah, and you, you know, you've got to have, but have a go. It's worth it sounds like a, a retirement project, keeping a point <clears throat> Absolutely. I think it's just easier yeah. to, to grow a new one. Yeah. And, and then the other thing, Lee, is bear in mind when you buy them from garden centres or shops, a nice bushy habit because mm. the, the plant growers have used a growth um, uh, suppressant. So okay. when you, after that, and you bring it back on, you've cut it back and it's put on growth, it will tend to grow tall and leggy. I it's think my natural habit. That on me. I'm not <laughs> <very tall. laughs> I am still using it. I mean, I wash my ear in a bit of plants. Um, yeah, absolutely so suppressant. You can spray it with a growth suppressant <clears throat> and that keeps it nice and compact. Yeah, that's what, what the growers will do to keep it nice and bushy. So it's, then if you did. Next year, cut it back and grow it on. It's not going to be compact and bushy, is it? No, no, it'll yeah, grow spindly. Yeah, the but then again, if you've got a space where it allows it to grow and look natural, it's quite nice. Uh, and it will get these big, nice red bracts on if if you've done the temperatures right and mm. the and the dark dark house. That's the the main thing: the hours of darkness. Yeah. They sound to me like probably one of the most unsustainable house plants that you could probably grow. But thinking about it, if you if you grow any house plant, um, if it's not in the right location and you've got to create an environment for it, how how sustainable are they? Maybe sustainability is is a talk for another day. But it does yeah. feel like there's a lot of effort goes into yeah. making that. But but you hit the nail on the head, Lee. You said earlier it's like a bunch of flowers. So you think you're going to bring that bunch of flowers in from you buy it from wherever florist, yeah. wherever supermarket. Put them in water, and they look nice for a couple of weeks. Week, if you're lucky, yeah, if you're yeah. lucky, and then you put them on the compost heap. With the poinsettia, you have got the option to carry on. Yeah, and don't forget, they're still 
um, doing you good for aesthetically pleasing and purifying air to a certain amount, taking in carbon dioxide, giving off oxygen. So it, it's a benefit. It's much better than, say, having a, an ornament or yeah. artificial flowers, isn't it? Yeah. So it's yeah, de- definitely. definitely worth flowering. And nothing, yeah. nothing says Christmas like... A bright red poinsettia, does it? No, that's true. I love the white <coughs> ones. I think, it, you know, I'd love to have a white one on the hearth of the fireplace. I've got a, um, a log burner, so I'm not going to have the problems of the draft. But I have got a rabbit who's probably going to nibble it. And they are oh, toxic, yeah, aren't yeah. they, you to, must be careful. pets and, and <coughs> yeah. you know, children even. Um, they can cause rashes and stuff. I had a client who had... Um, they, they took their kids to the park and they got some, um, you know, like you make potions and stuff when you're yeah. children. They got this euphorbia, chopped it up, made a face oh cream God. out of it because it <laughs> oh looks like God. latex. Well, it is latex. It's like, so they put it on their cheek. It's really bad. You know, it's it wasn't it wasn't yeah. um, it wasn't very nice. And I think it scarred for quite a long time. Oh, that's terrible. It yeah. It sounds like so something they, they do in the Victorian times. Like know, we we talked about last week the, the deadly nightshade, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So it is one to be careful of. But <clears throat> yeah, still, absolutely. most plants enjoy them. At a distance. Yeah, yeah. Um, Softwood cuttings you could take in May, but like I say, do wear gloves if you're going to give it a bash. Um, So the places you find them is Mexico, but originally the ancient Aztecs first um, cultivated poinsettias, yeah. Uh, Symbolise of purity and peace, and they used it to make bright red dyes for their clothes as well. Um, It has lots of traditions, which I'm just going through here, because uh, lots of countries have different traditions. So... In Mexico, which I think of poinsettia, I think of Mexico, um, uh, it was said that a, a poor child, a young girl, placed weeds on the altar in Christmas Eve service as an offering. And throughout the service in the congregation, the weeds turned into bright red and green poinsettias and were oh. said to symbolise a miracle of Christmas. Oh. And to this day, I do understand that, that Mexicans do do believe that. Right. I'm and not sure my vic would be too chuffed if I took some metals <laughs> and put them on his altar. But. <laughs> Bless you. Uh, the, in the UK, it symbolises love, uh, goodwill and community spirit right. and, and, and hope. So community spirit, so... Would it be a nice gift then to <clears throat> this is of, it, yeah. To to give yeah. to give to someone. And because we get them usually around about usually beginning of November, mid November, and they look nice and bright, they are a nice gift to give someone. If yeah. you're going to visit before Christmas and you're taking them something rather a bunch of flowers and nice yeah. poinsettias, yeah. community spirit and goodwill and hope yeah. for the future. So that that's a nice one to do. And uh, in religious communities, um, the shape of the flower is supposed to represent the Star of Bethlehem and the bright okay. red bricks, the, the blood of Christ. But they do go on in Turkey and in all these other countries. They have lots of different meanings. So right, it, okay. it's all different. So. so it is quite significant then yeah, as, yeah, a, as yeah. a plant around Christmas. Yeah, absolutely. Right. But the main thing is to remember, if you take them home, if you do buy them, like I say, um, even down to going on a cold, frosty day, wait, can you not go another day when it's quite warmer? Because you've got to get it from the garden centre yeah. to your car, if your car to your home, which sounds like I'm being over cautious. But yeah. that cold snap is enough to just get it to drop its leaves. Right. If you go to garden centre, we with the garden centre I go to, we, we do have them in sleeves or offer them a sleeve. Ask for one if it doesn't come with one, so you can get it to the car yeah, straight inside in a, in a warm environment, not on a windowsill. Okay. And I think you've re-inspired me to get a poinsettia do it, this year. I'm going to I wasn't buy a going white one. to, but I saw some really cute dinky ones. They were like, I don't know, two hundred mil high or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. You do get some and called poinsettias, really which are smaller. And they, you haven't got to go just red. I, I like we, yourself. We were speaking earlier. I like the white ones. There's yeah. some beautiful ones. There's one called glitter, which is a red one with big splashes of white across it. That's unusual. And you get salmon ones and pink, pale pink, pearl. 
you haven't got to just go red if you don't wish so there's lots of choice yeah you could do a nice tablescape couldn't you like a nice table yeah display absolutely with them, if you get some of the little poinsettias you group them together plant them up in in threes with some moss round or yeah, yeah, yeah. with a hellebore a christmas rose in in the background of it with the smalls it you can do all sorts you've not got to just use one as a specimen one oh you i feel like get, we should make one of those, i think we should i think we should like have brought that. some yeah. you could have done one today yeah you? let's do one christmas eve you're absolutely. coming around christmas eve i'm coming around christmas eve yeah let's do that christmas eve Okay, so is that it? Is that, uh, is that unless you've got any questions about poinsettias, I think I've exhausted yeah, I that. I think so. There was more. There was more there than I thought. So um, another plant which is very kind of synonymous with Christmas is mistletoe. Mistletoe, yeah. So tell us, like the where, do you know how that started? Because wasn't the, there a, there was um, a a song? What is it? Um, Deck the hall with boughs of holly. Yeah, and the bow was like a. Um, I think it's four circles that they put together and hung up and they put mistletoe in that and you could kiss underneath it and take one berry off and when your berries had run out your kisses had run out oh my god I didn't know that that. yeah Yeah, that was the old story Um, and then I think over time it we just we edited it a bit and just went straight in with the mistletoe I didn't know that yeah Yeah, and so in times of Covid they took all the berries off I'm assuming yeah there were (laughs) no no kisses at Covid time (laughs) (laughs) just boughs of holly Bless. Yeah, that keep people away with all yeah, Absolutely. Prickles, isn't it? <laughs> and, and for this reason, we've not done, we've not sold mistletoe since before Christmas. No. Sorry, not Christmas, COVID. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, a mistletoe come and kiss me. And Was now that a company a dose of decision COVID. to not do that? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Which is a wise decision. Wow. You don't want to be encouraging um, passing COVID on, do you? So, no. Yeah, I, yeah. I never thought yeah, about yeah. that. Mm. I, I, I've not seen any this year, but I, you know. I, yeah. Wow. So, so mistletoe, yeah. So, Viscum album. Um, it's native to our country. It's found mainly in the south and west Midlands, but you can find it. It tends to be spreading more. Uh, it's an evergreen plant, semi-parasitically. So, um, you find it growing in on branches of trees like apple, hawthorn, lime. Um, but it doesn't kill the trees at all. But it can weaken it because it's mm. semi-parasitic. So, it has got evergreen leaves which photosynthesize. But it taps its roots into the branch of the tree and extracts nutrients and moisture. Okay. So it's paras- semi-parasitic. It's weird then that it was associated with kind of romance and love, isn't it? Yeah. If it's a, a parasitic plant. Or maybe yeah, yeah. they didn't know that at the time yeah. when they first discovered it. I mean, it's a fantastic plant, isn't it? It grows in, in large balls, usually about a metre across. And yeah. you're driving down the road and you see a lime tree or apple trees in this country are yeah. uh, quite renowned for it. And, but it is tend to be declining um, yeah due to the fact that uh, old orchards are declining too right. yeah so because it's, it's, it's a lovely said, plant interesting that you said it was mainly found in the kind of midlands because we were in shropshire earlier this year yeah, yeah. and we saw like huge like, almost like a forest mm. full of it yeah and they they must have been um they definitely weren't apple trees because they yeah. were really tall you could see them on the horizon mm. And it makes for a really spectacular yeah. sight. And you don't notice it in the rest of the year, do you? Yeah, Even no. though it's evergreen, you can't... Cause because the, the leaves are... Yeah. yeah. I mean, they've grown poplars as well. So right. you might have been... Some that. And um, I think Hereford should tend to have a lot of mistletoe as well. Right. Um, where I am, um, Nottinghamshire Way, they, I see it regularly when I'm driving to work. And it's yeah. lovely to see. If you've got an apple tree then, can you grow it yourself? Uh, you can. Uh, you need to harvest and use fresh seed. Right. So if you're buying sprigs from a supermarket or wherever you buy mistletoe yeah. from, it's chance that it's not going to work. It needs to be oh, fresh. Right. You need to harvest the berries, squash the, the seeds out. 
you go to say if you're going to use an apple tree normally you'll tend to use the, a similar tree to what you've took it off oh, okay. and you need permission of, a, of someone living there don't go right, climb over okay. somebody's fence and obviously it's a scrump mistletoe so if you take it off an apple tree tend to plant it on an apple tree okay. you're looking for a, a branch around about 10 centimeters in diameter no less you've got yeah. to think of the weight of the of the mistletoe as well also you're looking for a tree about at least 15 years or older to grow it on okay. you want to be growing it high up as well so it can photosynthesize because it's got to compete with leaves uh, and things yeah. even though it's tapping in for the nutrients in in the wild what normally apple happens is um birds usually missile thrush they usually eat the berries and uh, the berries and the seeds inside the berries are covered in a gloopy pulp and that sticks to the bird's beaks Right. And as they wipe it off on the branch, if they don't wipe it off the beak onto the branch, mm. it comes out the other end. Yeah. I, I, I swear to God, every week we mention poop. But <laughs> <laughs> um, they poop it out the other end. And if it wedges in uh, the crevice of a branch, yeah. it starts to germinate. And then it puts mm. out roots and hence it starts taking nutrients off there. But if you're going to do it yourself, um, do plant quite a few because usually it's one in ten that germinate. Oh, really? So you're going to need to plant a few. There's and no wonder also, it's in decline then, is there? Because yeah, you've got absolutely. to wait for a bird to come and yeah. eat it or scrape it off its beak yeah. into the appropriately sized branch, yeah. into a tree similar to the one you got it off, <laughs> and only one in ten germinate, <laughs> and then some swine comes, takes it down, kisses under it, and nicks all the berries. <laughs> cover hmm. it, in the, if you're going to do it, Lee, cover it with hessian or something like that to protect it from the birds eating it as well. Oh, right. Yeah, um... It's worth having a go if you've got yeah, an old apple tree. Yeah. But like I say, it wants to be at least 15 years or I didn't realise they grew to a metre in diameter. Yeah, they can That's do. Massive. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes they're bigger if, it, if it's the right wow. um, conditions for it. But the, it's amazing Is it really to slow grow. growing? Yeah, it's not overly quick, um, even though it's semi-parasitic. And, uh, but, and like I say, I want to stress, if you're going to do this, don't kill your tree. It will just yeah. weaken it. So okay. be mindful of that. So you want a healthy apple tree for mm. listeners who want to give mm. it a go. But do give it a go. Mm. It's, it's definitely worth it. Well, that sounds like fun. Yeah, yeah. I'm much more excited about that than propagating a poinsettia. <laughs> um, um, just looking if there's anything else we need to cover on that, Lee. Birds eat it, blah, blah, blah. One in ten will germinate. Sorry, I'm just flicking through my notes because really... Yeah, you always do so much research before these can I mean because your knowledge is fantastic anyway and you always come out with these cool oh, interesting you facts you think so Lee the older you get first ladies of a certain age um menopause fog and I, I must mention that every week as well <laughs> yeah, you do um what I wanted to say as well um also male and female are needed because they are is this um, the menopause the... not menopause no, no, although yes yes I, I swear that some men have <laughs> menopause as well but yeah so um because they are dioecious we mean in Male, you know, male and female flowers need to get the berries. So yeah. uh, that's another point. You'll need to do plenty to, because you're not know if you're going to get males or females. So you need to pl to do plenty. Okay. If you can't find natural crevices, you can just slit the bark and make a flap to insert the seeds. Yeah. Um, I've known people to not even remove the seed, just squash the seed in, but there's a chance right. of it rotting. So you are better to remove it. Yeah. So, so only one in ten, and fifty percent of those might be a bloke. Yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> and the the uh, gloopy pulp around the seed hardens once it's on. It hardens like a glue, right. sticks the the seed there, so that the plant don't move as well in the wind and no. blow off until it makes its own. It's clever it's nature, fantastic, isn't it? Isn't it, so isn't it amazing? Yeah. yeah. So how many years does it take to get to kind of burying stage once you've sowed the seed? It's usually about five years, Lee, okay. um, from doing it yourself by push, pushing the seeds in the crevice and it growing. 
up to five years to maturity to produce berries. Right. If, so it's, it's if it's the female kiss. one, it needs a male. Yeah. A long-term kiss. <laughs> yeah, this is not a one-night stand plan. You know, you've got to go full term yeah. at least five years. I love all your yeah. stories as well. Like, you, you always come out with these, like, mythical kind of things that are associated with, with these old plants. Have we got any stories around that? Um, there must be absolutely millions, but I've just narrowed it down to a couple. So okay. mythology and symbolism. In Greek mythology, um, heroes were granted passage to the underworld if they carried mistletoe with them. So that's always interesting to know, isn't it? If you want to go to the underground leaf, start growing yeah. now, you're going to have five years <laughs> wait. Um, Druids believed it was protect them from witches and, and evil and the devil and cured for diseases as well. So that's a good one. And then pagan society, it represented divine male um, essence. So uh, that sounds like a Christmas aftershave, doesn't it? Divine I was just say male that, essence. Yeah. <laughs> Get onto that. Mistletoe by druids. So yeah, in the Middle Ages, it was associated with fertility and vitality. Mm. Yeah. Well, I guess the fertility link makes sense, doesn't it? It yeah, all yeah. starts absolutely. with a kiss under the mistletoe. I think that's where, yeah, <laughs> you need to a kiss and then it build up from there. Yeah, absolutely. And then you're into the underworld. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Holly. Is the next absolutely? I love a bit of. Holly, I thought we had a nice you? tenuous link. Then I spoiled that. I was going to say from from plants that need a male and a female yeah. into yeah um, hermaphrodite and male and female. Also, it's all in there. Yeah. The holly, the ilex aquifolium. Again, these are dioecious plants, Lee. So you'll need a male and a female to get the berries. Yeah. Unless you go for something like um, J C Van Tal. And that's a self-fertile uh, female. It is a great one, that one. We've Absolutely. used it a lot as standards, yeah. but it's a swine to transplant. If you get a container-grown yeah. one, I find they, they transplant really easily. Yeah. But if you use a, like a root-bald one, yeah. they seem to be... They don't like being disturbed, do they, Hollies? Yeah. In yeah. my experience. Yeah. Um, I, I've, I've got one in my garden, but I planted years and years ago, yeah. and I have no trouble. I've, I've never transplanted them. Yeah. So. So for the listeners, any tips on how to successfully transplant? No. Um, <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah. Moving um, on. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, in my experience, grow, planting container-grown ones, which have been yeah. containerized for at least a year, because the problem with evergreens is they take such a long time to die, which is uh, sounds weird. So basically, um, if you if you plant a, a root bald hedge. Uh, it can sit there from November all yeah. the way through till April and you think, yeah, it's fine, it's taken. And then it comes to May and June, it starts drying out. And then you think, ah, that's, you know, it, but it could have died from transplant shot quite a while ago. It's just, it, it, it kind of just preserves yeah. itself, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, you know, it's like you bring some holly in the mm. house and it looks good for, mm. for quite a few weeks. And the hollies look okay, but it's not until afterwards that you realise that they've died. Yeah. So I, I would say grow, you know, pot-grown ones that have been... Mm. Um, in the pot for at yeah, least a absolutely. year and, and maybe using mycorrhizal lead do you think that today by using mycorrhizal and making sure the mycorrhizal is in contact with the roots yeah i mean sending them out for we always struggle with that because when you when you're planting a root bald plant the hessian is freshly wrapped mm. around the root ball to keep it intact isn't it yeah and the mycorrhizal has to, doesn't have to be it has to be in contact to, in i would contact remove the, the hessian and, and make sure that micro, it must be in contact with the roots. Yeah. And uh, for our listeners, um, mycorrhizas and mycelium, it's a natural thing that is in the soils. Uh, but it latches onto the roots and it puts out um, um, mycelium, yeah. which grows quicker than plants and True. trees can yeah. put out roots. And it brings back nutrients to the plant. Yeah. It lives in a symbiotic relationship. And, and in for reward for doing that, it takes nutrients from, the say, the holly because it can't photosynthesize because fungus obviously is a fungus yeah. it can't photosynthesize so it takes sugars from the, the plant 
um, in a symbiotic relationship. So they work together. So it's not parasitic. Oh, that's very Christmas. Yeah, it's lovely. It's lovely. (laughs) Helping each other. Yeah. So they do work together. So they look after each other. And the mycelium just puts out high, high, much, much quicker than plants can put out roots. We've had amazing success using that when we've used bare root things. Because obviously we use like a gel as well. So it sticks to the roots. So that's a really good thing. But I I always tell our staff not to take the root ball off because, you know, with taxes and things, it it can just, all the soil can fall off. It's a bit dangerous. So... Yeah, we, we'd stick to planting yeah. containerized ones. Anyway, enough about planting, Holly. Okay. What about the Christmassy aspect? So, of right, so I thought I'd start obviously, it's evergreen shrub. Uh, mature trees can get to approximately 15 meters and they can live up to 300 years. So, can they? Yeah, so it's a, it's a good one if you're you know, wanting to plant for not just our generations, future yeah. generations, your, your children, your grandchildren. Um, so that's a, that's a nice one. Um, the spiky leaves uh, come mainly on the younger foliage, on the juvenile foliage, as they mature. You know, they, they usually change shapes of leaves. They're not as spiky. Mm. Um, and the mistletoe thrush, bringing the mistletoe thrush back in, he guards holly berries with his life through winter so the other birds don't eat it. You know, it's wow. not enough that he eats the mistletoe berries because he wants to eat them. So oh. he'll eat the mistletoe berries oh. and then he'll guard the holly berries thinking, you so know. later in the year. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. like his little pantry for spring. Absolutely. Don't mess wow. with a mistletoe. Wow. Um, so, yeah, the berries of holly uh, in winter to prevent them from being eaten. Mythology and symbolism. Do you want to move on to that? Yeah, yeah. So it's seen as a fertility symbol again and charm against witches, goblins and the devil again. And it's thought to be unlucky to cut down a holly tree. So if you've got a holly tree in the garden. If you're superstitious, things like it's supposed to be unlucky. So think twice before taking an axe to your holly. Mm. Yeah. But pruning it a little bit in a festive season is okay. It's absolutely okay. <laughs> I would recommend it. And it's supposed to be the whitest of all woods um, oh, before it? it's stained. Yeah. So that, that's nice if you're yeah. making anything, because I know you're just getting into woodwork. So yeah, that's yeah, one for yeah, you if you decide yeah. to make something out of holly. That'd be nice, actually. Doing something out of holly for your house. Yeah, but if you're going to make Christmas it out of holly, you'd have to cut it down first, wouldn't you? And then only it'll a be bad luck. Not all of it, only a branch. Okay. <laughs> so you can, you can you make a make stuff out of branches of holly. Yeah, absolutely. Just don't cut the main tree. <laughs> what, what time of year would you prune holly? Because I know we take some off at Christmas, but is that the right yeah, time of year to yeah, prune it? Yeah, you don't, you don't have to. Uh, any Because it, it is relatively slow growing. And if it just gets untidy, you can just snip a branch off of it as it spurts out in mm. probably late spring. But you don't, you don't have yeah. to. Like I say, you do prune it nearer to Christmas for your own. Use, yeah. but it doesn't doesn't hurt no. it, does it? But you do it normally like April time, yeah, same as a- other evergreens. Absolutely. Um, I want to say again, male and female, if you wanted to get berries. So if you wanted to buy um, to to get berries for Christmas, you want a male and a female. A male will service twenty females. I know. Really. So just if you want in a garden full, you only need one one male. Um, the, the varieties will say be careful because. I don't know why this is the uncanny the name. It always catches me. Absolutely. So, Golden King is female. Um, I've got I've written them down here. So for listeners who want to buy, Golden Queen is male. Golden King is female. Then another one for female is Argentine Marginata, which is okay. Silver Queen is male. Silver Mermaid is female. Uh, Another a good one for spiking us all around the edge of Hollyley is Ferox Argentine which is male. So it has spikes around the edges of the leaf and also on the tops. Oh. So it's like hedgehog. So they call right. it, I think they call it, is it silver hedgehog? That's particularly Holly. nice for making a wreath with. Absolutely. <laughs> but also if you're thinking um, for popping around your fence lines for yeah, security. theft and security, oh, absolutely yeah. stop people climbing over your garden. Yeah, that's so that's good. a good one. I wouldn't want to climb, shin over a fence and then land in a, in a, in a, a silver holly. Absolutely not. No. 
Um, and then JC Vantol, which is a self-fertile female. Yeah. So with this one, you only need the one plant and it will bury, whether you've got a male in the garden or not. But you can plant more to get more berries. So if you plant a male within close proximity of a bee flying from one to the other, it'll plant more berries. But it will do it with just itself. Right. So if you're only going to get one, go for the JC Vantol. It's funny because I've got this image in my head now of one male holly, which is something queen. Yeah. Which doesn't sound like he's going <laughs> to pollinate many of the 20 females that are all stood there waiting. And JC Vantol, she's having her right laugh. She's at the bar on her own because she doesn't need a bloke. She doesn't need a bloke, absolutely. It, you know, and I say... The every, world of hollies. Absolutely. And I know I say this every week about plants, but they do just, just blow my mind. The fact that you'll get some that's male, some that's female, and some that don't need a male or female. I mean, yeah. can you imagine if that was us? If, if as a species, we don't need a partner. You know, me, myself and I, how much easier would yeah. life be, you know? Well. And and then moving on, this is not Christmas, be like violets. Uh, so they, they have a thing called cleistogamy, meaning closed marriage. And what they'll do is they'll flower and then on the plant, they'll have smaller flowers that don't open as is in reserve for if they don't get pollinated and time's getting on. They're thinking, do you know, I've got these small flowers not opened and they'll, They'll do it themselves. Like Bridget Jones. Like Bridget. Well, let's not go down that route. (laughs) (laughs) Nearly walked into that one, didn't I? Let's bring Dawn back from that tangent, (laughs) back into the world. But yeah, so that's cleistogamy, and a lot of plants do that. So, you know, it's absolutely amazing. It It just blows my mind. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, trim trim holly. I would say late spring or early summer, to to be fair. And and obviously, trim off near winter for Christmas. Um, So, minimal pruning. Uh, And any diseased branches prune off in spring. Because they can get like um like a leaf uh, um mite. A leaf is it? spot, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Um, it like goes yeah. like tissue brown tissue yeah, paper yeah. or just, just prune it out, uh, burn it, don't compost it, burn it on if you're in a bonfire, just just burn that as well. But other than that, they they're relatively pest and disease free. Yeah. You don't get too much trouble with them, do you? No, no. I do find them very slow growing. They are fantastic for a hedge. So if you if you do want a hedge, you know, which is yeah. evergreen. My granddad had an amazing holly hedge. Um, out, outside the front of his house and it, what I remember it was always really really spiky but I'm thinking that's because he constantly used to cut it so he trimmed it as a hedge every yeah. year and therefore it, you're always producing new growth aren't you which is yeah. very spiky yeah. I think if you're a flower ranger or you're making you know a wreath or some Christmas decorations for your hearth you want to use the older um, stuff from further up the tree don't you which yeah. is less spiky because it's so difficult to work with you know I've known florists at the end of christmas and they're like hands are bleeding because they've used that much holly so uh, yeah get a ladder and climb a bit further Absolutely. up the tree and of course it's native to this country lee as well it usually see it thriving in oak and beech woodlands so i, li- I like to, to stay native yeah, if yeah. possible i know we've talked about the poinsettia and things but yeah ivy and, and holly they're good staples aren't they yeah christmas decorations natural christmas decorations i think are so it's so rewarding to kind of grow things. I'd love to have a house with a garden big enough to have a winter garden. And and I yeah, think absolutely. that would be a Christmas cutting garden. Mm. So I'd have like dogwoods and um, the holly and the ivy and things. And you could grow them, you know, within your own garden. But I'd love to have a dedicated Christmas decoration garden where you could grow 
Christmas trees and, you know, just prune bits off it to yeah, make your yeah. wreaths and stuff. Christmas We've used alliums this year. Um, some massive, um, they're, they're similar to Christophii. Um, the Purple Sensation, I think, are a bit small, um, but the Christophii ones um, are a nice. Got and a nice got, big head on the map. Yeah, so mm. we've got some called Pinball Wizard. Um, we actually grew them in a client's garden and she had so many of them, she dried them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I went and borrowed some of them and <laughs> I've, like hung them upside <laughs> down in the in the roof of oh, the wow. uh, with some twigs and fairy lights yeah. and I've got some like birch sticks in yeah. there and it just it's just feels so nice did, did you use them naturally or did you spray them because you can spray them can't you yeah you can no I've not I was tempted to spray them coppery actually because yeah. I think that's quite an on-trend color yeah. this year but I left them natural um they they drop the odd seed out so you just need to be careful if you've got a cup of tea under there or a glass <laughs> of port but um I gave them a good shake and uh and I think I'm gonna leave them up you know for for the oh, for the whole of winter I might try that actually that's, cool. that sounds good um, yeah, so uh, that's another one to use. And also, if you've got roses in your garden that have hips on, oh, this yeah. time you go out and cut oh, a length nice. of that. And, and they, if you get a, a long length, they're nice to entwine around ivy if you haven't got many berries on and over um, a shell from mantelpiece. And that, that just looks nice with the red berries. It looks very festive. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Talking of ivy. Oh, talking of ivy. Back to me. <laughs> so this is a hedria, a English ivy hedria helix. And this is the ginseng family. Um, and these are shade tolerant, evergreen. And I know Ivy have got, uh, sorry, yeah, Ivy has really bad publicity for taking over things and growing up uh, sides of houses and things. But I love it. And I know I you do, Lee. Massive I love fan it. Of Ivy. And researchers have done, um, looked into Ivy and they're saying now that if you grow Ivy, as long as it's a secure wall, mm. so the mortaring is sound. Is sound yeah. um, in summer, it helps to keep your house cool. Mm. And in winter, it stops damp. So and it protects your brickwork from the elements. Yeah. So I yeah. mean, I'm I'm bought into that already. You, you've seen in my back garden. I've got it all. Well, the miles off keeps trying to chop it down after watching him. I know because the problem is when you do start to cut it down, you get those little fine aerial roots, don't you? And yeah. they're almost like hairs that stick into the brickwork, and yeah. they're a nightmare to get yeah. out. So I'd say grow it where you want it, but where you want to keep, keep it, it, and yeah. don't let it grow. Yeah. You know, if it starts growing on your window frames and stuff, I mean, it depends how romantic you are, doesn't it? I, I love to see a house covered in ivy, Absolutely and the birds love it. love it. They do, they do. And ivy, with you saying the aerial roots, Lee, that tends to grow on um, juvenile growth again. Mm. So juvenile growth of ivy tends to shoot up quite rapid up the walls and they'll want to grow um, vertical and they grow quite quickly. As the, the plant matures, um, the growth habit, it has two phases. It goes into an adult phase and it slows down and rather than shooting up, putting aerial roots on, it slows down and becomes more shrubby. Mm. The, the leaf shape um, gets more lobed and it tends to put on flowers and then berries. So if you're constantly cutting back at your ivy, it won't it won't have time to mm. be adult phase. So it won't put on flowers and then berries. Because again, then berries are nice, not just for the birds that live on them in, in winter, but also to bring into your house as decoration. Yeah. Again, that's something else you can use, isn't it? That yeah. looks really nice. The so, mature foliage is quite different as well from, you know, a lot of people don't yeah, know it's ivy yeah. when they first look at it. Because yeah, the flowers are really, they're really nice, quite architectural, Beautiful, quite contemporary they? looking. Yeah. And then the berries, I mean, we've got a few here in this display with these hellebores. And the, the berries on the ivy, I just, I think they're massively underrated. They are. And ivy is so versatile as well because it'll tolerate shade. Um, some will tolerate sun as long as it's not dry where you've grown it. And you get different different types as well. I mean, there's one called buttercup, which got yellow foliage. It's a really Has nice it? one. Absolutely beautiful. 
um, sulfur heart, which is a dark green with a big splash of yellow in the centre. Mm. You, you think of ivy, it's not just dark green, you yeah. know, there's some some really nice ones. Um, the English ivy, common ivy, um, does tend to prefer alkaline soils. Right. If you've got acidic soil, I would, I would be tempted to go for the um, Persian ivy, called chica, is it, Lee? I think it's called okay. chica, the Persian one. That will, will tolerate more acidic soils. So there, there's one for every aspect and, and every soil in your garden. Uh, whether it be sun or shade. And so versatile, there's climbing, ground cover ones as well. You can use them in containers, hanging baskets. So literally, I know mm. it's got bad press, but as long as you keep on top of it and you've got understanding neighbours, you know, that don't mind yeah. <laughs> if that's covered in ivy. I tend to find it's blokes that don't like ivy generally. Because yeah, yeah. they, they, it's it's a funny thing, but um, it, it, they just they just don't seem to be a fan of it. And I don't know if it's that control freak in you who's like, you can't control it because it runs faster than you can kind of manage it. I'm not sure if yeah. it's that or if yeah. it's, you know, because they're the ones that have to go up and cut it. I yeah. don't know, but... It, yeah, it just, does tend to be. It sounds like you're talking about my other half. He likes everything yeah. in the garden. He, he treats his bonsai. So I don't <laughs> like him in the garden very often. He, I see. I, I sweat profusely when I see him walking out the back door with secateurs or loppers. I think, oh god, the hive is going to get it today. Um, but no, it looks great uh, in a wreath as well, doesn't it? Absolutely. And absolutely. this year, I've been looking at more sustainable options for wreaths because that that foam that you use, like the, it feels like the days the of foam is kind of oasis. Uh, oasis. It? Yeah, yeah. yeah, it feels like the days of using that is kind of limited. Um, so I've been. Looking in more sustainable methods and you can get like um, a metal ring and then you wrap hay around it so you put kind of chunks of hay around hay? you wow. around the ring mm-hmm. um i nearly said around your ring um <laughs> put put hay around the ring and then um put the like wire or twine or raffia yeah. or something and apparently it lasts for about four years because if you dry it out you can yeah. use it again yeah. um so you can use that um year on year and then you can um put your ivy because uh, if you get nice long pieces you can kind of wrap it around the circle because they stand yeah. for eternal life don't yeah, they yeah, wreaths yeah. that's what i mean i think they were originally like a military thing weren't they and you were given a wreath as a kind of a, a reward if you'd, you know, in the military, if you'd done something um, outstanding, oh, a wreath no, was given. Yeah, that, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I think that's the association with wreaths on poppy uh, oh, on Remembrance. Wow, wow. Um, that makes sense, doesn't it? Why Sunday, they lay a yeah, wreath at the centre yeah. of yeah. yeah, so that wreath is kind of the sign of eternal life, which is obviously... Um, you know, it, it's a it's a Christian thing, but it, it goes back further than that. Wreaths um, started, you know, years and years before that. And I think that that ivy, those long lengths of ivy, you could tie them in, and that gives you a good base. And then you put all your other evergreen foliage in and a few flowers. And then if you dunk it in a big chug of water, um, the hay absorbs all the moisture and the you know just mist it, and it will stay on your door, you know, quite happily outside for I would say probably a month, you know, without it starting to look a bit so hey, dodgy. I, I would never have thought of that. That's yeah, fantastic. I, th- yeah. I actually thought he was going to say moss or something. Yeah, so. well, there's talk of moss yeah. being you know yeah. unsustainable, isn't there? Yeah. And and it looks yeah. I think where you can see moss, it's it's a beautiful thing, but actually it gets hidden in a wreath. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So, you know, unless you're getting moss out of your garden, scraping out of your lawn, yeah. I think I'm going to try the hay one this year. I think that's one to try. I think mm. that's that's a fantastic idea. So uh, watch this. You'll you'll come round and you'll see something looking resembling Nutwurzel uh, Gummidge's head with uh, <laughs> yeah. bits of poinsettia. <laughs> like <on>. a scarecrow <laughs> wreath. <laughs> um, yeah, so they're very versatile. Um, pruning, just the excess growth really like we talked about. Also, other than that, it's pretty easy going. Yeah. I've got growing up my wall and I've got a little mouse nest in there. Oh. And uh, yeah, it sometimes comes out and I put nuts out. It, it, it swings from the um, bird feeders. Oh. Little tiny mouse. Like a gym. Yeah, and I think, it, I think it's a wood mouse because I I read that they go in the nests of old 
bird's nest oh, to right. make them. And I followed him through when I, I heard him. He came out and then he ran back in. I thought, where is he? Is he where is he nesting? And he was in a little tiny bird's nest. And I thought, oh, how cute is that? that is Ran cute. upstairs and shut all the bedroom windows. But it was so cute to see him outside in a nest. Um, I love mice. I'm not frightened of them, but if they get in your house, you do have to be careful. Yeah, so you they do like wires it. and yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we've talked about varieties, which is buttercup, which is one of my favourites. Do 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 Google it, uh, the listeners. It's really nice, bright I, yellow foliage. Have you never seen it, Leo? It does not, not appeal to no, you. No, I'm 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 not a massive fan of variegated plants right. or or like yellowy foliage. I yeah. don't know. Everyone it's, to, to yeah. the owners, but I just think it's unusual. Oh, going back to the variegated uh, ones, Lee, because you get the plain green or the variegated. If you see any throwing just plain green shoots off, cut them off because it's trying to revert back. So it'll be a cross with something or yeah. hybridise, whatever. And it's trying to revert back. So cut that off or so it'll be grow more vigorous than the variegated I think that sounds ones. like a good thing. And it I'd takes be cutting over. the yellow stuff it's off. Okay. I know, would, I know, bless you. Um, it will um, revert back and it'll grow much more vigorous and take yeah. over the yeah. variegation. So if you want to keep your nice variegation, Liz, I know mm-hmm. you like, mm-hmm. snip the, the outgrowths off of that. Uh, symbolism, again. Fidelity, wedded love, friendship and affection. Aww. So I should have bought you a potted ivy, shouldn't I? Yeah. I should have done. <laughs> you berries. And, and years ago, it was said that if you used to drink alcohol from a goblet um, carved out from the wood of ivy, mm-hmm. um, it, it subsided the ill effects of alcohol, didn't have an effect. If only, really? yeah, if only. I, I don't know if that's true, but and even to the fact they believed it so much that years ago, they used to have big poles outside of um of of places you could buy alcohol surrounded by ivy growing up here um and they called them ale steaks right say come in and drink out these goblets made of ivy and you won't have any ill effects do you know you can wash your clothes with ivy leaves did not know that That if you get like a little bag you know a cotton bag put some ivy leaves in it because they have um I can't remember the technical word for it, but it's like it, it creates like a foaming cleanser, right, and yeah, you can yeah. wash your leaves with uh, wash your clothes with ivy leaves. That's incredible. But you are into that, Lee, aren't you? I know you do a lot of lotions and potions. Yeah, naturally. I quite like. Yeah, I think I, I, I think I've got a bit of like a, a bit of witch in me. I like I do like making potions yeah. and stuff and hand like uh, soaps and stuff, all from natural organic yeah, ingredients. Yeah. I find it interesting to strip them back to the kind of core of what you actually need in a hand wash because yeah. there's so many chicals in most. Mm-hmm washes that you really don't need it's just there you know to make it look better or yeah. you know smell, smell better, better yeah. um i use a lot of natural oils to make them smell yeah um yeah i think them. that's fantastic we should Go do back another to show basics. on that absolutely listen out but that ooh, it's I'm nearly come time back to then. wrap up so um i know there's another couple you want to quickly go through skimmia yeah, is just one that's a for an favorite, outdoor yeah. planting bring it in because it has tiny little um flower buds that are red open in on skimmia the it low maintenance so absolutely so beautiful good. i mean there's one called fragrant cloud which is a male and it smells absolutely divine if you plant it up next to your door so it's a yeah. winter container low maintenance slow growing evergreen tolerate shade and and it's a misconception that they, they are um, ericaceous because they're actually not. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, they're not. People think they are have to be grown in ericaceous compost and, and they don't. And if you've got it grown in a container and the leaves are going yellow, it's usually because it's dry at the roots or too oh. much sun. It's not oh. chlorosis. It's not lime-induced 
grows is so um yeah the best um, ones i've ever grown are in a, the, the shadiest place yeah, i've ever yeah, they seen do enjoy shade and they they get well watered um because they're quite wet because they're under like a drip line of a house so they get lots of water and they are in full shade they're grown yeah. with sarka cocker yeah, and which is a christmas box christmas that's box. another one that we've not got heavenly time to talk scented. about but yeah those yeah. two together just smell incredible yeah, they do prefer shade but if you if you want to grow any full sun i would recommend uh, q green that will tolerate full sun uh, as right, long as it okay. don't dry out yeah. so to quickly skim it and then one last one to end on Lee, if it's okay it's christmas cactus schlumbergia oh, yeah so these are beautiful mine's in flower now i've grown mine in a big teacup it's a huge teacup and it's absolutely full of flowers um but uh, people that grow it tend to come in and say why are the buds dropping off off my cactus it's usually in fluctuating temperatures or, or overwatering tend to drop as well. Right. But they're uh, quite easy to grow and they'll tolerate a little bit more shade more than normal cactus. So I do recommend that as a nice gift for Christmas. And what are you doing for Christmas this year? I'm coming to you, Lee. Oh, yes. <laughs> You're cooking the turkey. <laughs> well, that's all we've got time for today, Dawn. Thank you so much for another exciting oh, podcast. I think we've got a couple more subjects to come out of today. Um, just before we go, I want to let everyone know that they can get in touch or follow us on Instagram at The Northern Designer. But from me and from Dawn, happy Christmas. Merry Christmas. And a happy new year. Take care.